This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. Here we are. It is showtime. Short-Term Rental Management, the reverend of real estate, preaching it with you. On this lovely podcast, I'm so excited for you to be here, man. I love you. You're awesome. You look great. You got great taste in podcasts, and you smell wonderful. So uh, it's really cool that you're here. Also, uh, my podcast loves five-star reviews. Please hit us with one if you uh, if you don't mind. Karma's going to come your way. You, you give this podcast five stars, boom, you'll get some five stars on your property. I guarantee it. <laughs> Great conversation today with my buddy Lucas Piper. He is in uh, Austin, Texas, managing properties for himself and some other folks. Uh, also getting ready to be a father for the first time in a couple of weeks. So uh, we look forward to the conversation after a word from this week's sponsor. Management Monday is proud to present this episode of The Short Term Show. Management Monday is a weekly course that will teach you everything you need to know about managing a short-term rental from a distance. How to get more bookings, hire ADR, how to hire and fire vendors. Even if you don't want to manage it yourself, you need this course so you know how to manage your manager. Over 10,000 super hosts started their career with Management Monday. And the best part is, it's free for short-term shop clients. Start your journey today at theshorttermshop.com. Theshorttermshop.com. Here we go. Grateful to be here. Short-term rental management with another uh, short-term rental property manager. Uh, and we have the same name, which we were just joking about that. Uh, Lucas Piper from uh, Austin, uh, uh, Austin, San Antonio area. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Lucas Luke Carl. Yeah, yeah. Lucas and Lucas and Luke and Luke. And, and I, we were talking about, uh, you know, my name's legally the Lucas and he goes by Lucas. And um, I, it's funny because I grew up in a, in a freaking tiny town um, and there were four Lukes in my class. I Whoa. graduated high school with like uh, 50, 58 people. Um, and it was from three different towns. Uh, the school was kind of out in the middle of the cornfield really. And, um, still there, you know, um, I still was actually, there. I just drove by about a month and a half ago visiting the family and, um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it was crazy how many Lukes there were. And I was, uh, brought up the star Wars thing. Cause I was born like one year after star Wars came out. And I think maybe that's why just like right after everyone <laughs> Yeah, it just became super popular, I guess. But, uh, but there was two Luke. There was a Lucas and three Lukes in my class. But uh, unbelievable! Yeah, it's crazy. I, don't think I had not- any in my entire school. Yeah, for middle school, grade school, middle school, high school. I think zero, zero Lukes or Lucases. So, well, it's really and not now, and name. now it's like one of the most popular names. You yeah, know? and and Luca too. So Luca's like moving up the charts. Lucas is up there. So. Yeah, there was Trends, a period of time. Trendsetters, buddy. Trendsetters. Yeah, exactly. There was a period of time where I, you know, that I didn't meet any other Lukes for like a couple of decades, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the prior to that and now, you're, you know, it is a very, anyway, two Lukes, one, one <laughs> podcast. Uh, you can't, you can't beat it. So a uh, little bit about yourself, man. You're in a, I think you're primarily in Austin, but uh, you're, you're doing management in all sorts of different markets. So tell us about yourself. 
Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. So uh, I started five star vacation home rentals uh, just a couple of years ago after kind of managing just a few of my, my own for a while. And, um, we're, we're mostly in Austin, um, which we'll, we'll get to a little bit later. Some, some crazy legislation stuff just happened mm-hmm. here. Um, and, uh, we're in San Antonio. We have about four there. Uh, and then we're kind of in the hill country here in, in Austin. Um, so right outside of it, right West of it. Um, and that was due to kind of regulation stuff. That was one of the places we could, we could kind of more easily expand. And then, yeah, a lot in, in kind of Boston proper, you know, downtown luxury properties, uh, the old bachelor bachelorette get up. Uh, so, so we have about 25 in the portfolio, um, mostly, mostly luxury. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Okay, cool. Um, how many do you own? We own four, okay. uh, four, but yeah, we only have three as STRs. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I got you. Cool. And, um, and then, so the, the rest of the properties, um, how are you, how are you finding those? Yeah. So, um, it kind of started with arbitrage. So I was kind of on that arbitrage train when I, so probably three, three, four years ago, when arbitrage was kind of just kicking up and getting some steam. And that was awesome, man. I, I was walking into houses that were fully furnished, you know, um, so z- like $0 in or maybe, you know, $1,500 to make some changes, change some stuff around. And then just like crazy cash flow, you know, obviously rates were super high, uh, you know, competition was lower. And then when you come in with $0 in, it's like, you know, when you're looking on cash on cash, you're like, uh, I'm getting that 1800% cash on cash here. It's pretty good. Uh, so, so that was kind of how things kicked off. Uh, and my goal was just, you know, I had a good job. So, I, I mean, it was just to get like three to five properties, get an extra $5,000 per month in income. But that was really it, you know, is like, you know, passive income. I kept calling it <laughs> you know, it's not passive at all, but, but it was extra income and it was awesome. And so that's kind of where, where things started. Um, I don't really take on any more arbitrage properties um, is that's pretty saturated unless I still find some that are fully furnished. So I took one on, I think like three months ago that was fully, uh, fully furnished doing well. Um, but mostly, uh, you know, I've started a, a Facebook group here in Austin. I lead, um, most of the STR meetups here. So I've just become really active in the community and, uh, you know, a part of Go Abundance, which is a huge networking group, which I think you're in or used to be in. Um, so kind of just through all that stuff is kind of just funneled to me. Um, we get about eight to 10 requests for property management a month. And at this point, we're taking about one of those on. So we've become really, really picky on what we're bringing on just because of saturation, because of, you know, really the quality of property and the pro- <laughs> the quality of owner that we're looking for to be successful. So I think we all talk about that when we first start. It's like, give me, give me, give me, give me, right? And then you get to a point where you're like, yeah, I, I really need to think about this business plan, um, you know, and stop just like resetting and getting bad owners or bad properties and, and kind of needing to do the whole get up over and over. So so that's kind of what the the flow looks like right now for us, which is pretty solid. Are you um uh are you at all interested in long-term rental? So I think at some point, I mean, I would, I'd really like to diversify a bit. Um, my family's in Wisconsin. 
Um, and you, you can find still some LTRs there. My brother's in kind of like Northern Wisconsin. You can still bring down a house for, you know, 40 or 50 K put 15 or 20 into it and then, you know, rent it out for 1200. So I, I like that. Like I might get like a few smaller multifamily up there, but you know, it's, but as far weird. as, um, the management company is concerned, what about you know, yeah, not, terms? No, I haven't thought about it a lot, Luke. It's a good question because I, I just was talking to a buddy that's kind of, you know, starting to take those on. So what what's your perspective on it? Well, my perspective is, is there is a huge need uh, for, for folks like yourself um, in 2023. Most mom and pop uh, short-term operators, you know, the third-party managers are, they've been doing it for a really long time and they're out of touch. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I think there's going to be more folks like you, uh, coming along and, um, I'm not a big fan of the whole co-host thing. I guess I'll ask you about that. How are you operating? Are you operating, uh, through the owner's, um, profiles as a co-host or you have a real estate license and you do the whole thing or, or somewhere in between? Yeah. Somewhere in between. Yeah. So we, we're not a brokerage, so we don't run it through there. Uh, we are looking at, at that. Um, but we have our, our own account, um, at this point. And so we, we don't have to deal with being on someone else's, you know, co-host account, things like that. Um, we pretty quickly made that decision. Um, I think on the, the, the first one we had, um, that was asked and I kind of asked around to people that had been doing it for, for a while and some veterans and they they were like, dude, it's, it, it can be a mess. So we, we really never got into that business of, of having other people's accounts. Um, so everything runs under kind of five star. We still keep it under our personal account, Lucas and, and Nicole, because we feel like people are nicer, uh, to people than they are to companies. Um, but, but yeah, every, everything runs under us at this point. So. And five stars, the name of the management company. Correct. And, and, and who's Nicole? My wife. Okay. She wonderful. doesn't have a role in it, but again, uh, you know, sometimes people are just nicer to certain, certain. <laughs> I agree. Uh, pictures and people, you yeah, know, when we first started, it was all Luke and Avery and we, I actually stole it from a, a place we stayed in Mexico one time. It was, I'll never forget. It was, I, I actually tell this story a lot. And this is Mark and Nico were the names of the hosts. And, uh, they, uh, they were freaking awesome. And, yeah. uh, I, I, I was like, man, these guys are, I was like hoping to meet them. You know, I was like, these, these guys are rock stars. And we, we were pretty new to the space and this was years ago. This was like unheard of at the time, really. Yeah. And, uh, and they had a couple of like uh, purpose-built, um, cement, uh, they were co poured concrete condo buildings and they had like two on each floor uh, and then yes. a pool on the roof. There's, I'm sure they're still there. Um, and, and so I ripped, I ripped basically my entire profile off. It was basically, it was early uh, enemy methoding for, for, you know, lack of a better way to put it. I was like, these guys are awesome. I'm going to steal everything they're doing. Yeah. Um, I stole their coffee system, you know, so shout out to Mark <laughs> and Nico. I would assume they're still doing it. Um, uh, but, uh, um, what was I going to say? So they, their profile, I was like, man, these guys look cool. They look like I want to go hang out with these guys, you know? Right. Right. And I think they were a couple, I'm not really sure. Um, but, uh, so I was like, well, you know, maybe I need to do that. The same thing with Avery and I like pimp our couple out, you know? And, uh, and so that's what we did in the early days and it was Luke and Avery's properties or whatever. And, uh, right. and, I, and I agree with you. It did. Uh, it, it kind of made us more real, you know? Um, today I do have a management company name on my profile. I switched right. it at one point. I don't I know 
why. Um, I just at one point I uh, felt the need to kind of feel and sound a little more professional, I guess, maybe even just to give me a little more breathing room, like, hey, we're not real people, but we are real people. Um, so well, I think, yeah, cause then, I mean, when problems happen and, and Luke's not the one calling, you know, that, that, that can be an issue. Where's Luke? Yeah. I where's want to Luke? talk to the owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I now, as I'm sure you've noticed on Airbnb, obviously it's way more hip than Verbo. I don't know if we'll get into that, but you can see not only who sent the messages, uh, it'll, if it's whoever they're, they're logged into their profile, it'll have the name of the person that says, so if I have people working for me, which I do, it'll say, their name came from their name, which makes me, I feel that makes me look even more mysterious. Like, where's Luke? Why can't I get the Luke right now? Well, no, Luke's not available. Uh, and then it also says who read the message. It's almost like a, um, I, I message, but it says read by this person and this person, you know, whether it was somebody that works for you or, yes. or the guest. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of playing those mind games a little bit and, uh, it's, it's been working. So every now and then, cause, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're aware if, if, if the people that uh, work for me, they send a message from the management software. If you send a message from the management software, regardless of how you're logged into that, it will send to the guest as the host. So like if, if the girl who does my messages for me, uh, if she sends a message to a guest through, I use hospitable, it'll say yep. it came from Luke. Yep. And then I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, you know, certain circumstances, I don't want them to think it came from Luke, you know? Uh, so I'm like, <laughs> now you're like the opposite way. I love that. It's yeah. like, <laughs> so I'm, I'll, I'll be like, Hey, Latricia is her name. Trisha works for me. She's great. And, uh, and she, I'm like, Trisha, listen, you know, that guest is being kind of a pain. You probably should have sent that from your personal profile on Airbnb so that it was like a layer of, you know, mysteriousness or whatever. Um, I don't know. I'm just, it's way deep. This is probably completely ridiculous. The amount of psychology we're talking about here with guests, but uh, sometimes it works. So good. So yeah. good. So anyway, back to your, you know, I, I, I would explore long-term, especially where you're located. Now it is mm. a different animal. Uh, I would, if it was me, I would consider it a different company and start it with it. I would even have a different name, quite frankly, because right. if you try to co, I feel if you try to co-mingle, uh, and again, I've never third partied anything, but I do. I've, I've, I've managed my short terms and my long terms. I don't do the long terms anymore. I haven't for quite some time. But I did. I used to do my long terms from a distance uh, by myself until I had, I don't know, somewhere in the 20 something doors. Uh, but anyway, if you're going to do that, and I probably would explore the, uh, the possibility um make it two different companies i don't even know that i would uh make you know i would have i would hire somebody on probably maybe not right away but once it got up to 40 50 properties right 100 properties hire someone on to to be your property manager at a salary you know that kind of thing but uh the sky's the limit man you know yeah um, and, and you know austin's an interesting place with with i mean a rental rates are going up everywhere right but i, I think you know definitely here where where there is, you know, a little bit, bit of meat on that bone. So let's talk about Austin. They did just roll out some major regulations. I actually heard that from uh, your, I, I talk all the time to your buddy, uh, Jordan, Jordan uh, yeah. Moorhead, who's got a great podcast and he's a big yeah. Austin real estate. I love that guy. And, uh, and he texted me the other day. And uh, so to give us a rundown of what is going on there regulation wise. Yeah. So essentially there's been a lawsuit going on for 
Well, since 2018, um, there's a, a family that tried to apply for a type two license. So in Austin, there's type one, type two, type three, type one is owner occupied, which means you have to have your homestead exemption on it. You can only get one of those. Uh, type two would be any other sort of uh, single family home. Um, so, you know, investor or whatever it might be. Um, and type three is multifamily. So we'll just talk about type one, type two. So essentially they applied for a type two license, uh, right? As Austin was changing the regulation to say no more type two, it has to be your homestead. Uh, they were denied and then they received citation after citation. Um, and so they've been fighting that since 2019. And finally, uh, two weeks ago, um, in federal court, uh, the Andings, which are this the, the, the family, uh, won the case um, against the city of Austin that essentially said that it was unconstitutional for Austin to tell you that it has to be your homestead property to get an SDR license. So, um, you know, really sided with property owners on that one, right? Property owner rights to say, hey, it, it doesn't have to be owner occupied for you to say, I want it to be this type of rental or that type of rental. So essentially at this point, Austin has opened the gates uh, and it's flooding in um, and type two licenses are available, which means essentially any single family home can get a type two license. Um, there's no restrictions at this point. Previously in 2018, they had a 3% cap. So it's basically predicted district, you know, 3% of, of homes could be uh, short-term rentals, but there's nothing like that right now because they have to rewrite those laws. So super interesting time for short-term rentals. Um, so that's, that, that's where we're at right now. Oh, I was under the, under the impression it was going the other direction. Uh, so, so what you're saying it is, it's easier now. Yeah, no, this is, it is completely open the floodgate. So Dallas two months ago, voted the opposite direction. So they, they not only said no more short-term rentals at all in this city, but they also said if you did have a license or they didn't have licenses, but if you were paying taxes, you weren't grandfathered in. So two different two different votes, both of them lost and you know, in terms of like, you know, so no no SDRs at all. And the people that that were paying weren't grandfathered in. So that was Dallas. Um, and then this followed that case, you know, just just again, about two months after this was two weeks ago in Austin. So so two completely different things happening in Texas. Uh, and, and then now, you know, of course, in Dallas, there's, uh, you know, a similar lawsuit happening and they'll be able to use this case case as precedent. So so I'm sure things will change there, especially for those people that were paying taxes, Um you know, they'll, 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 they'll get those licenses back, but yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. Wow. So Austin is becoming super short-term friendly. Um, and, uh, that, so it almost sounds like a, like a, like a Scottsdale Phoenix kind of vibe where I don't know how familiar you are with that area, but, uh, they are very, very short-term friendly to the point where they have like YouTube videos and like a, a, a dedicated website showing you exactly wow. what you need to do. Um, like how to apply for the license yeah, and YouTube, okay. they've got videos on it. It's crazy. You know, you just never <laughs> would think that a city would be that hip, but they do. Yeah. And, uh, and it sounds like maybe Austin's going that direction. So what does that mean for your owners? Would like, like, well, let's say you got a, a regular, you know, regular Joe that maybe moves away or, or wants to buy a house to get into short term specifically. 
Is it too early to tell, or do you have any idea what it's like to to get this new permit? No, we've already gotten three of our owners the the new permit. So, you know, we had a couple of of owners that had type one, so owner-occupied, but they were thinking about moving or they had already moved. But in Texas, you have two years to decide if uh, if that's going to be your homestead property. So they immediately sent the city, you know, an email that said, hey, we want to change this type one, type two. And, you know, city switched it over. And so my recommendation has been to all my owners, hop on it, you know, get the license while you can, because my thought is that there'll be some sort of restriction in play. And and my hope that there's some sort of restriction, honestly, um, I'm, I'm pro, you know, in urban cities, right. And I know you've talked a lot about this, but like, I, I'm okay with restriction because, you know, I believe in affordable affordability of housing. I believe in, you know, people in the city being able to live closer to their downtown. And the reality is if in a three mile kind of radius of downtown Austin, if you just open the floodgates to STRs, you know, there's not going to be a lot of, of homeowners <laughs> or people that live here that are going to be able to afford that or buy those. So, so I think that some sort of restriction will come um, some sort of cap, at least uh, similar to, you know, San Antonio, where it's, you know, 15% or 13% of every city block, something like that, or the 3% rule that they talked about. So I'm encouraging all our owners to, to get in there. And, and then, you know, with the hopes of, if there is a change, then of course we'd, we'd be get grandfathered in and kind of have that license for, for as long as we needed it. This episode is brought to you by the Premier Short-Term Rental Facebook group. Short-Term Rental, Long-Term Wealth. We have nearly 50,000 members. This is the biggest independently owned and operated SCR Facebook group. And it has been curated by yours truly, Cashflow Carl. Join us on Facebook. Search the groups for short-term rental, long-term wealth. That's short-term rental, long-term wealth on Facebook. Okay, cool, man. I mean, that, that, that's uh, that's rather surprising, and I do think there will be some regulations to come there. Yeah, uh, because you got it. You got it. You know, we, you know, the deal. When there's people living next door to yeah. what is essentially a hotel, it can get yeah. a little wacky, right? So tell for me, sure. about, tell me how that is management-wise. I've never managed a a, vac- a short-term. Uh, in a residential neighborhood. So uh, give us a rundown of kind of, you know, what that looks like. Yeah. So, I mean, it's even more important just to, to set the expectations right away. Right. I mean, Austin is number three in the nation, I think for bachelorette parties. Right. So, I mean, same thing with bachelor parties. So, I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of young people trying to come here and in party and hit sixth street and, and have fun. Great. But you know, what, we have to let them know, especially with a lot of our pool properties, that 10 p.m. is our cap from outside. You you can't be outside after that. We we of course have noise where we of course of course have uh, cameras, um, and so you know it's 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 not the easiest thing in the world. But I think when we set those expectations up front um, and continually monitor that with our 24 seven hour support that we have in the Philippines, you know that that gets a little bit easier. Um, but that's kind of what that looks like. We've, we've definitely had some, we have and have had neighbors that, that don't like us very much. Um, that's for sure. But I How try to handle really, that. How do you handle that? I would <laughs> just walk right up and say, here's my phone number, dude, call me. That's, that's what I try to do, Luke. Yeah. I mean, I, I try to just, just let them know, like I'm on your team and it's going to help me if you're on my team, because you know, if, if, if there is a party starting, 
you know, we're going to try to find that, but you might see it before me. So I'd love a text. I'd love to know if they're being loud because that's that's outside of our policy. So, I mean, we, we try to kind of form with them and let them know, you know, we're legal. We have a license, you know, in a nice way saying, essentially, there's nothing you can do here. So let's make it work. You know what I mean? Let's let let's make everyone happy here and make sure that like, you know, if you don't want people to park in this this spot, I'll put that in the, the directions. I can't promise every person's going to follow, follow that, but I can say, hey, use these four spots first, park in front of our house. So we really try to do everything to make those neighbors happy. You don't have to, but like, you know, for me in general, it's like, I think the more people that are happy with Airbnb or short-term rentals, you know, the, the longevity will be there for the industry. And so I really try to do, you know, our part in that um, and, and keeping them happy. It doesn't always happen, but, but we really do our, our best to give them the number, you know, let them know we're on their team. Yeah. You mentioned uh, noise aware. That's one that I don't use. Uh, explain, explain that system to me. Yeah, it's awesome, man. So, I mean, essentially there's an indoor, you can have as many units as you want. We usually do one indoor unit in like the main space where they'd be hanging out and then one in the outdoor, uh, kind of the outdoor space. Um, and really you set it for how many decibels you want it to show up as. So you, you kind of know that, you know, it's pretty easy to figure out. They'll have a recommendation for you that says, you know, typically if people are partying and, and have loud music, here's where you set it. And so as soon as that gets past that limit, it sends us a notification that says, hey, you know, the the, the noise is is this high in this property. And so we're able to right away, and, and there's things you can do with it where AI will automatically send them a text or a message through Hospitable that'll say, hey, noise is too loud, please turn it down. Cool, that's your first warning. And then we can reach out via text if we're not getting a response. Hey, you know, it, we've had neighbors kind of complain. I know it's only 8 p.m. and it's before quiet hours, but like it's it's really too loud over there. Um, and so it's just going to continue to send us notifications um, if that noise continues. So just a cool way to monitor if things are getting out of control there or not. Does it have any failures? Can I unplug? Can a guest unplug it? Uh, you know, anything a like guest that? could unplug it. A guest could unplug it. They would have to find it. What does it look like? Yeah, so it just looks like this little little white. Mm, I don't know, like a like a smart uh, hub, like a, one of the like a deadbolt egg kind of thing that you plug exactly, into. Exactly, yeah. exactly, just like a deadbolt egg. So they would have to unscrew. You know, for most of them, we haven't screwed in there, so they'd have to kind of unscrew that screw to be able to pull it out. Um, so you know, we haven't had anyone do that. We try to put it in, in areas where it's not like completely seen either. And then outside, we usually have it, you know, on the, uh, on the ceiling, you know, of our, our pergola or overhang or whatever. Um, so they can't really reach that. So, so that's kind of what we do do for that. And that does integrate with your, you, uh, you said you're using hospitable. I'll have more questions with about that, but, uh, it integrates. Yes, it does. Yeah. So we have owner res and then hospitable for, for messaging, but yes, it does integrate. And does it integrate with both or you have it only with hospitable? I think we just have it with, uh, I think it integrates with both, but I think we just have it through hospitable just because that's our messaging one. So it just, just makes it easier to do that. But yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about that. So that, that was a pretty common move back in the day for folks to use owner res for all the capabilities and the financials and, and the, uh, uh, I mean, quite frankly, it's got every bell and whistle on the planet. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of folks were using hospitable for the messaging because it, I mean, really 
hospitable was originally designed to be better at sending messages to guests That's and it right. was very simple and it's still pretty simple. Yes. Um, I actually am not hearing a whole lot of folks using both of them anymore. I don't know if that's because owner res got uh, better at messaging or what, uh, but you still feel the need, like explain your, your, your management software system to me. Yeah. So, so when we got owner res, which was, you know, about a year and a half, two years ago, um, if, uh, if you had a guest through VRBO, then you couldn't do the messaging, you know, through owner res. So they, they weren't API integrated in, in that sense with messaging. So we'd still have to go into the VRBO app to do do those or, you know, send emails or whatever. They did just change that, I think, about six months ago. So now you can do all the messaging from Unares to VRBO or Airbnb guests and, of course, direct booking guests. But it's just it's just an ugly software still. I mean, Unares is still ugly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it, it is, has yeah. everything, like you're saying. But, like, you know, it's... A, the functionality is there, but it's not pretty. It's not super user friendly. So Hospitable just has, they're the best messaging app out there, period. You know, and so they have some AI stuff that we use. Everything's super organized. You know, it, it just works really well. And at the price point, you know, with those two combined, like we're still well below, you know, where you we where we'd be if we were on Guesty or something like that. So so we feel pretty comfortable with just just keeping that where it is. So we can have the best of both worlds. Yeah. And I feel I also feel if you get you get to a certain point, why why bother changing stuff? You know, like you probably yeah. could get rid you you could get rid of hospitable at this point with the yeah. verbo direct integration now with owner res, but why bother? You know, I mean, it seems like uh, for the minimal amount of money you that you're spending, I mean, you'd have to re revamp your whole system and it's probably just not worth it. Yeah, we just I just hosted a panel here in Austin last week and we had some of the bigger property managers come and, and we talked about our tech stack. And that's kind of what we talked about, man, is like it, when things are working, it's like there's not a lot out there that's going to make you change that. Right. And so I have a buddy that works for, for uh guestie and like, so people have tried to pull me some other directions. I have a, a different mastermind group and some of them are going to a different one. I can't remember the name and they're trying to get all of us to go so we can get better pricing. And I was like, guys, you, you're going to have to cut off my arm to, to make me change all this stuff. You know, like we're, we're running smoothly. We do all of our PLs in you know from Onares and all the financial statement. I mean, you know, security deposit, like everything is running very, very smoothly. Like I'm not changing. So yeah, I, I feel the same way, man. Especially when you're at a price point where you're still like very impressed with what you're getting, you know, for that tech. And Onares has come up a little bit, but again, the affordability is still there. And from what I've heard about Guesty, it feels like it's like everything that they add is then an additional fee. You know what I mean? And I haven't felt that from owner res. It feels like they just keep bringing new new things and they're not bringing, you know, price increases with that, which is beautiful. So, yeah, there was a period of time there where these softwares were coming out of the woodwork so quickly that it was almost like, uh, you know, this was probably like, I guess, around 18, 19. Yeah. Where, where, where it was like every month a new cool software came out and it had like this new feature <laughs> that yours didn't have. Yeah. And so yeah. We were, Everybody was jumping, you know, it was like, it was like Tinder almost. I mean, not, not that I, I've been married since <laughs> before swiping. Tinder existed, but yeah, yeah it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, let me go check this one out. Let me check this. Oh, this one looks cool, you know? Uh, but uh, I think at a certain point there, well, I mean, really what happened is it's no secret here. We got so many of these softwares now, it's almost a joke. I mean, like, 
how are any of these people keep staying in business? You know, and there's literally like a, I, I heard a statistic recently. I think I heard it actually from the girls at touch day and they said it was 1100 uh, property management software specifically for short term, which only makes up 1% of the entire real estate market, you know? So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. It's, it was, it was the floodgates open. Everybody was jumping for subscriptions wow. because you know that how the, the world are in, in the, the world of EBITDA right now, subscriptions are king. Right. So it was like a natural thing. But now, you know, we're talking four, five, six years ago since uh, I was probably six or seven years ago since IGMS, Air GMS and all that. Um, now it's almost like I'm rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, great. There's another freaking software with some stupid thing that I don't care about, you know, so. Um, ain't broke, don't fix it. That's kind of how I've always been. hundred percent. The only ones I really hear about is, is, is host away, hostily, hospitable, guesty, owner as. That's yeah, really yeah. like. That's, Pretty much just uh, nailed all the most popular software. Yeah. I mean, any one of those would do the job, you know? Yeah. That's, that's one. And, and for me, I always just, you know, teaching this stuff and trying to mentor young property managers here, they always ask, like, what software would you go to? I'm always say like, if you're one to five or one to 10, I still just recommend Hospitable, you know? Cause I'm like, especially now, cause they have the direct booking site. That was like the one thing that they didn't have. So that's where I push people that, that are starting is like, man, get on there. It's super easy. Like, you know, you'll, you'll get up and running like that. Whereas something like a, you know, guess your owner as I haven't messed with the other two. Like, I mean, it takes a bit, you know, to get everything and and you can mess things up pretty bad. I've seen people starting and, you know, they don't realize that their cleaning fees not on there for six weeks and they're losing, you know, whatever, thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand dollars just from from little tweaks that they that they forgot to make. So Yep. Yeah. You mentioned uh off platform a couple of times. Let's talk about that. Uh uh you're if you if you're doing it, first of all, and then if you are, well, again, back to the system there. So you said for direct booking? Yes. Yeah. So that's just through owner res, which is, you know, another perk there. So, you know, it's, it's not the prettiest website in the entire world, but it's, it's nice and it's functional and it works. Um, and you know, most of those bookings for us, we don't, I guess in crystal beach, we, we do market that a little bit more, but everywhere else we, we don't. Um, so really the only time we're getting those bookings is through people finding, you know, in our Airbnb or VRBO profile that we have our, our company listed and they're searching that out or, um, you know, through all of our previous guests where we have that, um, you know, our newsletter going out quarterly with, with promo codes and things like that. So that's, that's how we're kind of driving direct bookings. Um, we don't get a ton. It's about, you know, five to 7% of our bookings come from direct. But when it happens, it can be pretty beautiful. Like we have a couple international contacts that come back to Austin and they'll book, you know, four or five houses at a time for a week or two. Um, that's really nice, right? So it can it can definitely help, uh, uh, you know, getting and knowing like these are great guests, right? <laughs> like we know how how beautiful that is to, to have repeat, repeat guests where, you know, you don't have to worry about anything. So, so yeah, that's that's what the direct bookings is looking like on our end right now. How do they find you to direct book? Yeah, like I said, I mean, really, it's just the only people that are really finding us are our previous guests from that newsletter that we're sending out. Um, and then we we do list our company name and our Airbnb and VRBO profile. So 
people are becoming a little bit more savvy with that of if they really want to find a direct booking, then they'll kind of search that out and, and find, find you through that kind of that, that back end gate. Is the goal to save up money uh, from, from the management of other people's properties and buy more properties? Where, where are you, you know, where are we going in 10 years? Yeah. Great question. I'm on a, we're on a date right now and I'm trying to decide if I want a second date is what it is. <laughs> right. No, I get that. Uh, which would be weird if we had the same name too. And we, that would know? be difficult at Christmas time. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, essentially our, our goal, um, you know, my, my vision is, is pretty clear that we want 40 to 50, uh, luxury properties in our portfolio that were managed for, for other people. Um, and then we have about 10 to 15 luxury properties of our own. Um, so essentially that, that management company, you know, we'll be funding. <clears throat> so we don't have to self-manage our own properties and everything can run through that same system. Um, that would, would bring us to, you know, somewhere around, you know, 800 to 1.2 million, um, you know, a year um, in, in, in revenue or, you know, in, in net income. Um, and so that's kind of what we've, we've set our eyes on and it's, 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 it's cool because we've again we've kind of created this 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 beautiful um network here in Austin and we've created a great reputation and so you know the inflow of these properties especially with the license change now you know it is pretty easy so again it's just finding those right properties and the right owners that's going to be sustainable for us so so that's that's what we have we we don't want to get too big um, I've, I've looked at a lot of different people and I love the idea of selling it and blah, blah, blah. But really this is, this is what, what we've, at least me, I feel like is an easy and beautiful, um, amount of money and, uh, you know, sustainable company that, that we can have and, and still keep that concierge, you know, for our owners at that point too, which I think is, is beautiful too, to say, you know, we're still able to manage your property uniquely and you're not just going to get put into this system, you know, that's not marketed any different. And and I feel like that's really important right now for SDRs to stand out. Right. So, so that's, that's the goal, man. Yeah. Uh, what, what is your research showing for a multiple of, of uh, EBITDA for selling such a, such a thing someday? Have you done any research on that or? Yeah, I've done a ton and you know, it's, it's, it's dude, it's, it's all over the place, yeah, you know, and, and things have really changed in the last year. Right. So, I mean, you're saying three, five, you know, I mean, <clears throat> all, all over the place. Um, I've had a couple people offer me their management companies. And so I've offered one X, uh, <laughs> it's essentially where, where I would come in because we have such good flow, you know, it doesn't make sense for me really. So, um, so, so I'm offering it essentially where the revenue's at. Um, but, but yeah, what, what are you seeing right now? I, I mean, it's all over the board. I see. Yeah, I agree. And what are you seeing before, you know, a year ago, was it higher then? Higher. Yeah, definitely higher. I'm not, uh, I don't manage other people's property, so I don't really have a, a vested interest in knowing such a thing. I'm just yeah. interested in it in general. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, I talked to a guy from the UK recently and he was at like 12, 12 times. Whoa. And I'm like, I'm moving. Let's do this. You know? Seriously. Uh, yeah. I, no, I, I haven't know. heard. 
even at the peak very, I didn't hear 12 I think I heard eight or eight or maybe 10 at the at the absolute you know top and what people actually got so that that's interesting but yeah I mean I think it would behoove somebody you, you know especially for you if you were even interested you know wait another year uh give it give it some time with the well, I guess now that we're talking economy, where are we at with this economy? What are you are you an economy kind of guy? What does this thing look like? What the hell's going on? Oh man, you know I I I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean we talk about it all the time, and this is kind of you know at our local GoBundance event, this is kind of what we do now. We do like this 15, 20 minute like state of the economy. Who's the expert on each category? Where are we at? What's changing? Um, and you know, essentially, we don't know. I mean, that that that's 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 what I think. And um, if we're just talking about STRs, um, I've been saying for the last year that I feel like STRs are the hottest, you know, RE, <laughs> um, you know, investment strategy out there that that everyone's talking about. You know, twenty to 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 forty percent cash on cash returns. Then and, and so um, so I think that you know not only um, is it really attainable for anyone just to get one STR? But now we've seen a little, you know, a lot more sophisticated investors kind of getting involved with it. So STR specific, I think that it's going to be a really hard year for most people. Um, I think that a lot of people have have entered the market. A lot of people have bought new properties, which are really shaking things up from those older properties. Um but some of those newer ones are having a hard time cash flowing with the new, you know, the increase in taxes, you know, especially if we're talking, you know, Crystal Beach area, Port Bolivar area, where people were seeing 100 to 150%, you know, tax increase in that area. I mean, which is absolutely insane. So I think it's going to be a really hard year in, in most, most places. I think if you still have a, a super unique place, I think it'll make it. Um, I think it could do still really well, but I think the average property you're going to see, you know, a 10 to 15% reduction in what you saw from last year. Um, Purchase price? And, no, sorry. In terms of revenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So year over year, if, you, if you've managed a property last year to this year, I think that most people are going to see about a 10 to 15% decrease in, in rev there. What are you uh, seeing across the board? Do you have a, a number? Yeah, most we're seeing about that. I mean, we we have some properties down <clears throat> like 30 to 40. We Ooh. have some um some properties that are down, you know, a, a few percent. We have a couple that uh, uh, that have still increased revenue just because we've continued to invest in those and and and, and put updated pictures and, you know, all those things that we should be doing. Um, so that's the kind of constant conversation I'm having to have with owners. Yeah, don't you think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're like kind of just over it? Like, uh, like they just, like they bought a boat basically. And now they went out on a couple of pontoon rides with a case of beer and they're over it. Yeah. 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 I think that's the majority of it. I really do. Cause I'm, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm as of July, I, uh, 2023, I was, uh, compared to 22, I was down 3.4% overall. Uh, different markets, the whole thing. You know, I only have eight short terms um, and hundreds of long terms. Sh- yeah. Why I don't have the long term rental management show, I don't know. But uh, uh, but <laughs> it's a joke. But so um, I'm actually seeing an increase now this fall. My September is already better. And I don't, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out. So forgive us there. But uh, my September better than last year's September. Uh, wow. October's looking great. So wow. I actually am seeing my fall trend higher uh, wow. than, 
And now I did have a couple of clunkers. My my summer months were lower. Uh, my June was actually, I don't want to say bad, but it was not not great overall. I mean, yeah. we're talking thousands uh, lower yeah. than last year, and that definitely affected me. Up until about May, up until end of April, I was pretty dead even. Um, and then uh, maybe even a little higher. And then uh, May and June. May's always hard, but June, for whatever reason, was it really just kind of bad. It was dropped off. Interesting. Uh, and July kind of held even. Uh, August is, you know, is a boring month anyway. And then September, yeah. which is supposed to be one of the hardest months of the year, I really what it was is I focused on it and I made sure I was doing the right thing. And I, I had and an. So increase. did you did you decrease prices ahead of time to try to get people in there? Or what did that I, look like? Yeah, I like to work on my September as early as May. Yeah. Uh, May, June, um, and really kind of get, you know, some fall specials kind of going on. I like to think of it like I'm going to Hobby Lobby. Okay. So if you go to Hobby Lobby, the Christmas stuff in there is in there in like July. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, and then it's the day that Christmas is over, it's all junk and it's 14 cents a piece. You know, yep. um, I price my properties kind of like that as opposed to the poultry store. Uh, if you go buy chicken, what they do is it gets within, uh, a day of, of going bad and then they chop it up and cook it and put it in a salad and charge you five times extra for that. We can't do that. We're more like the Christmas uh, uh, ornaments over <laughs> at the Hobby Lobby, right? But uh, uh, but yeah, so, well, I mean, there's a certain extent there you can do that, actually. You can do the chicken thing on a small property sometimes. Okay, I got the next two nights are empty. Eh, let's roll the dice, raise the rates. Who cares if it books or not? And then sometimes you'll get a hit, but it's probably not going to happen on a bigger property. Yeah, but, yeah. But I do agree with you. Here's what happened, man. This is what I think. We had a metric ass ton of people get into real estate in general, but specifically for whatever reason, COVID really made people flock to this. Yeah. And over a 12-month period, we had a metric ton of ass people get into this. And uh, I, Bigger Pockets actually has a statistic, 50% of investment properties are sold in the first year. So you're seeing a lot of folks that just weren't cut out for it or whatever the case may be, or not putting in the work. I've seen way too many people that bought them with HELOCs, you know, like, eh, was that a good idea? You know, especially yeah. with variable rates right now. Yeah. Uh, but the good news is all I can do is talk about myself. My numbers are looking great. So I'm happy with that. Um, and I don't want to be all like uh, Mr. Cheerleader for short term or anything, but uh, you know, it is something to think about. It is something to think about. I think we're going to see a lot of sellers um, this fall and in uh, uh, winter time, but um, at the end of the day, dude, it's way more exciting still than any other asset class. Go go buy a go buy a fifteen unit apartment building today and see how much money that thing loses. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, yeah, it's going to lose money. You know, so I still love it, man. I'm I'm still bullish overall. I just you know again, it's it's just tough because you know. Again, someone who's even for management saying no to 90% of the stuff brought my way, right? I mean, there's a reason why we're doing that because we don't want to be the, the bearer of bad news for the next 12 months for them when we're sending them those revenue reports and saying, hey, you, you didn't really buy that well. Your place isn't really that great. You're losing money. I understand that, but there's not much else we can do. Oh, I see. So, so what you're saying is a lot of folks that are not doing well are coming to you looking for an out, like a that, or they've gotten a new property and they're saying, "Hey, this is going to be a short-term rental," and I'm saying, "Yeah, yeah like good luck, but it's that's really not that great of a short-term rental, and we're not interested in it hmm. because it looks like every other one, you know, in the city, it's a you know three-bedroom place that 
basic, um, you know, that like a brick got. rancher or what's that? What kind of house or what? Yeah. What kind of house? I mean, basic, you know, whatever, like it doesn't really matter. Like it's just the, like the furniture is not that well done. There's nothing special with the property. There's no, you know, crazy cool amenities. Like it's just, a, it's just a, a, a basic, doesn't matter that the style of how, you know what I mean? It's just a city, city three bedroom house that, that, that is just average. And in Austin, you know, we, we went from 6,500, uh, properties about two and a half, three years ago to now we have, you know, over 12,000, man. So, I mean, there's a lot. And, and what does that do? Uh, when people get desperate, well, then they start popping down that price. Right. And then, so how do you, how do you compete with those people? Uh, you just have to be better. You have to have a product that's different from those people that are willing to give up their property for a hundred dollars a night, you know, a three bedroom place in Austin, Texas for a hundred dollars a night. It's like, you know, the cheapest hotel is 150 or 160. Like, what are we doing here? You know? Um, so, but, but I see it over and over. I've seen the same thing in San Antonio. You know, a lot of these people bought their house for 150 or 250, three, four years ago. So they can rent out a three bedroom house for $65 a night. Um, and you know, that, that really messes up the, the, the algorithm for a lot of other people. And so this is kind of what happens when you have a lot of these, these one-off people and there's, there's no hate there. There's no, you know, it's just people trying to do their best to make their money and people get desperate and they'll say, you know, sure, I'll just, I'll just take whatever I can get. And unfortunately that, that does, you know, mess up the, the market a fair amount from a pricing thing. And what is that's, that's, what's beautiful kind of about the hotel industry, right? They kind of have this, this, this pact, right? It's like, Hey, here's, here's the pricing for Austin, Texas. And here's how low we're willing to go. And if not, like we'll, we'll let that go and we'll let occupancy slide a little bit to keep the rates higher. And, and that's not what we see kind of in this STR world. And, and that part is a little bit frightening, but all we can do, I feel like is, is have the best properties out there, price them right into your strategy. You know, that's one thing that we haven't done. And now that we are doing, and I was disagreeing with this, that same panel we had last week, all of them basically uh, priced their properties higher for further out, right? Pretty typical strategy for most people. I'm starting to do the opposite because of the way that occupancy is. I'm saying, I'm actually going to give you a discount now if you're booking further than 60 days out because our window in Austin has turned from, from essentially what used to be about a 40-day window to now about a 20 day window. Um, and so I, I want to get occupancy in there and my pricing strategy is still in price labs and we're still going to reduce it 1% every day leading up to there. So if I'm, you know, selling you my property, renting it out to you two weeks before you already probably have about a, you know, a 20, 25% discount included in that. So why not give a 10% discount three months from now, you know, and get and get that occupancy in there. So so that's what we're starting to do to try to fill up, you know, some of those months that that one, you know, are a little bit lower here and have a little bit less tourism. But two, like we we'd rather just get 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 people booking it out and get some occupancy. And then if we want to fight and and raise up those other um, you know, those other weekends, because we already have two of them booked up, then we can do that and, and try to get some of that revenue back. But, but interesting pricing strategies. I think they're changing a little bit right now due to due to saturation and occupancy. Well, listen, you got to You know, this is uh, 
you got to evolve. You know, this this business is in the grand yeah, scheme yeah. of things still fairly new, right? So yeah. um, things are changing all the time. And if you just get in there and expect things to work the way they did four years ago, it's just it's just not going to work. Um, That's right. You have a, a book recommendation. Is something you've been reading lately that you like if you're a reader of any kind or podcast? Man, it's, you know, as we were texting, the only thing I've been reading lately is baby stuff. So oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so we're two, weeks, we're two weeks away from 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 D-Day. So, oh, it hasn't happened um, yet. Look at you. That's I've been you. listening and reading that kind of stuff. Um, well, uh, what do you have for me there? I'm a, I'm big into that. I've, so, is it a boy or a girl? You so I I know, but my wife doesn't know. So, so oh, okay. So, so so yeah so i have that's the interesting secret. how did that shake yeah. out just just you know i i had to know man yeah. like you know i, I couldn't i just you know that you know yeah 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 oh, she okay, knows okay. so i mess with her every day and tell her what it is and yeah. tell her you know what i mean make up both sides yeah, and yeah. it's it's great um but but yeah man so we've been we've been concentrating on that we just we just bought a new new place this is this place i'm in right now will be an str so we're we're this is our last week here so we're moving over there so so things are busy and crazy um but we've been going to parenting classes and birthing classes and all that stuff man so that's where the focus has been i've got a couple of book suggestions you probably may have already checked these out but if anybody's listening wants to get into the dad game uh for me i i had some uh, some good some good books. Uh, I still listen to uh, parenting books. Uh, Raising Good Humans was uh, was fantastic. Yeah. Um, for for a guy like you, the expectant father, uh, there's really not a lot of books on getting ready to be a dad. Uh, but yeah. That, that one that one covered it for for me. Um, what else? Um, the intentional father. Um, there's a if it's a, happens to be a girl, uh, don't you can't read this one now because then you're gonna give it away. But there's one called Strong Father, Strong Daughter that is I heard that. Yeah, I had a couple of abundance guys recommend that. Heard it was really powerful. Absolutely love that book. But uh, yeah, there there's some great dad books out there, man. Um, uh, and your 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 uh, best dad advice? Oh yeah, I listen. My, first of all, where you're at right now, two weeks from delivery, you're getting so much advice from so many people. It's, it's probably like, an, you know, I, it's annoying, you know? No, no, it's great. It's great. Uh, just get as much sleep as you can. You know, I mean, it's, uh, get a, here's, here's my best dad advice. Get a badass camera. I really enjoy having a, not, and I'm not, I'm no photographer, but the, I think my dad, he, we had a, a, a dark room in the house when I grew up, but um, so I've always had a camera laying around, but when I had, a baby for the first time I went out and got the best Leica on the, I like, I like Leica's. Yeah. And, I mean, um, uh, any brand that you, you find, uh, that you dig, um, like a Q3 is what I would recommend. That's a fantastic camera. And it's, I like that. It's easy. It doesn't have, you can't change the lens. I like that. Um, but, uh, uh, for me that that's been a big part of it and storing those chips with the pictures and things like that. And, um, and just, you know, uh, and being present, which you you will, but you're going to be great at it. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to give you a quote on the way out. Um, and it has to do with hard work, which is what we were talking about. But uh, uh, from Thomas Jefferson, I'm a great believer in luck. And I find the harder I work, the more I have of it. <laughs> you got to love that, man. That's, that's awesome. a great. Yeah, that's awesome. TJ, uh, man. Lucas, how do we find you? Five-star vacation home rentals uh, in the uh, Texas area. How do we find you? 
Yeah. Uh, just, uh, probably easiest is Instagram five star VHR that's written out. So five written out five star VHR on IG would be great. Love to connect with any of you. Killer man. Well, uh, it's great having you and, uh, and, uh, thanks for hanging with us on short-term rental management and don't overthink it. Luke, the Lucas cash flow, Carl. Thank you, brother. There you go. Thank you, man.